0: W-E-F-U-N-K We Funk What's happening y'all, Big L.W.'s Jammin' World Podcast, Season 2, Episode 8 for August. I'm your host Liam Whalen, your boy Big L.W. Big L.W. W-E-F-U-N-K. We funk. And thank you so much for joining us on the Jammin' World. And don't forget to check out everything else. That's going on right here on the Big LW Podcast Network, of course, all of the other shows on all of the medias, uh, whether you're listening on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, available on all of the above, of course, uh, I got the Facebook, uh, uh, Twitter, I've been trying to tweet a lot more, which is just embarrassing for everyone involved because I don't have any followers. So if you are, uh, by the way, uh, uh, listening and you have Twitter, give me a follow, for the love of God. (laughs) But I guess... As well as my uh, my YouTube page, which is absolutely epic, so check it out. (laughs) But I guess with all of that... Out of the way, uh, we gather here today for the jammin' world. And I guess we'll start off the show, I guess, uh, 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 with us starting to crawl our way out of Coronaville a little bit here, as I guess I will start off with uh, uh, just a little bit of Coronaville talk, as like I said, we're uh, uh, feeling seemingly starting to kind of turn the corner a little bit here as a country, where at least things are no longer getting worse, in Large portions of the country. And as we've uh, uh, finally made it all the way uh, now to the end of August. We are uh, finally starting to see more and more things kind of opening up uh, in the various entertainment fields. You know, uh, of course, large gatherings are really still, uh, uh, you know, still ways away. Really, for the most part, in the music world anyway, we're still really looking forward to 2021 of course, but just in general, getting a little bit closer. And in the music world, you know, we've uh, starting to see more and more of the uh, of our quarantine favorite concerts. Which is, of course, you know, uh, a lot more drive-in concerts from different bands and different genres in different parts of the country have really uh, uh, you know had fun with the drive-in concert experience. We've gotten enough of a sample size of the various you know uh, events to kind of get a little bit of a feel for what goes on at a drive-in concert in 2020 here in quarantine, although I've not yet to attend. Really, in New York City, there has not been, you know, like our major stadiums have not held, uh, uh, you know, like a large-scale drive-in concert uh, around New York City specifically. Of course, upstate has, and they've also had some canceled and uh, uh, some go on, but throughout the country, we've seen a lot of the drive-ins, which has been cool, a lot more just live concerts uh, uh, in general general from venues from familiar venues either uh, fanless or at restricted capacity i guess for example like red rocks one of the you know iconic famed amphitheaters in music has done a little bit of both <laughs> As they have actually recently announced uh, what has been like a fairly popular thing so far in quarantine, but a crowdless concert where a couple of acts have signed up. I think Nathaniel Ratliff and a couple other acts have signed up to play Red Rocks. Sands peeps However, they have done as well at Red Rocks uh, uh, in the amphitheater because I guess the park has been open in Red Rock uh, for Red Rocks, but they have held a couple of like symphonic orchestra concerts at the amphitheater to try to dip their toe in the whole situation, and pretty epic if you're one of like the 150 people that got to attend, as they literally were selling like I think like 150 tickets. So if you're if you're one of the few Fortunate enough to get your hands on uh, a ticket for Red Rocks for a hundred and fifty people, like yeah, that's you know a venue of you know usually several thousand capacity for concerts for the foreseeable future of several hundred. And, uh, like I have uh, just said, they as well are, you know, for major acts, sticking more with the crowdless concerts. But, you know, you're getting closer, uh, you feel, in general, to, you know, seeing some of your favorite artists at some of your favorite venues. And hopefully a little bit closer to being there in person while it takes place. So we've started to see a lot more of a, a feel closer as well. A, a, a tray, I guess, was on Jimmy Fallon for Jimmy Fallon's first in-studio guest, uh, music or just general entertainment, so I guess, you know, in like a crossover entertainment kind of way, we're getting, uh, uh, you know, a little bit closer to normalcy with our TVs, where, uh, you know, uh, uh, Fallon's already made the roots come to studio, I guess, to socially distant, uh, yet still play, while Fallon has decided to, you know, do his show, which the other guys are still doing on location, off-studio, Fallon has, uh, I guess a couple of them are doing in-studio, but Fallon was one of the first to go in-studio to host a show, and then he had Trey Anastasio, uh, of course, Frontman for Fish, be uh, uh, the first in-studio musical guest for any of the shows so far. Uh, So big spot for Trey, who performed a track off of his latest solo album that came out in quarantine. And uh, next month, like I uh, uh, should point out, but next month I'm going to get into a a whole segment on some of the best albums that have come out uh, in our summer here in quarantine spoiler alert Nas on the list but uh, get into some of the uh, you know like best new music that has come out during like I said our summer in quarantine but uh, Trey major spot breaking down the door uh, being the first guest back And and of course a classic Jimmy Fallon dropping the ball doesn't do a guest interview with them what are you are you kidding me you're doing a a web a zoom interview with Orlando Bloom and you got Trey playing a song that nobody's ever heard of albeit live but you don't sit him on a couch across the studio and hey Trey I heard you know you've made a whole album at a studio in quarantine tell us about it Like, what an ass. I'm just happy that uh, Fallon didn't, like, demand to play the kazoo with Trey. Backed by the Roots, by the way. So, pretty sick performance, Uh, uh, and Trey having a lot of fun while playing with Quest and the boys and the Roots. So, uh, definitely check that one out, and uh, uh, we will get into Trey's album more. However, once again, beyond disappointed in stupid Fallon, this time for not doing uh, an interview with the first in studio guest that you have the luxury of having uh, 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 come by, so uh, of course, uh, what? But but what more would you expect from Stupid Fallon? <laughs> but uh, uh so i guess uh, uh, like i the point being however we're getting closer uh, to uh, uh live music and the music uh, uh lives that we're all missing out on and i guess a uh, uh, part of that uh, i guess really the uh, uh major you know important breaking news in terms of uh, the live music world as we uh, uh, more focus on here on the jamming world live the live music scene, but really here in Coronaville, as we get a little bit closer like I said, we have heard major uh, uh, some, uh, a major development and I guess a story that I did cover a little bit last month, but of course, the uh, introduction to of the Save Our Stages Act to Congress, okay which uh, last episode I, t- I talked about was brought to us a bipartisan bill from a Republican from Texas and a Democrat from Connecticut Connecticut uh, got together to put together a bill that would offer uh, $10 billion of relief to the various uh, independent performance venues, both music and you know other uh, uh, throughout the whole country. And I guess uh, uh, some more development on the Save Our Stages Act as uh, just this last week, but Senator Chuck Schumer from New York held a press conference along with James Murphy from LCD Sound System, of course, (laughs) as they teamed up to help hold a press conference, uh, 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 you know, in support of the Save Our Stages Act, which, uh, like we talked about last uh, time, but just really a vitally essential, you know, piece of of legislation to help, you know, really save our musical lives uh, uh, in a lot of ways and quite literally for, you know, the independent, the owners of these independent venues, but, I mean, really, these independent venues are what make the music scene, you know, uh, 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 it's the engine in which the music scene operates 365 days a year throughout the country, and, you know, of course, this goes, like I did mention, but for, uh, you know, comedy venues, uh, uh, independent theaters and whatnot, but just the actual, you know, the cultural, uh, uh, you know, effect and impact, is definitely you know uh, just beyond question and I guess this press conference held at Babies Alright which is a cool you know uh, I believe like a record store slash venue that LCD Sound System and James Murphy is of course very familiar with as they held that epic uh, comeback run for LCD Sound System well, I guess that was actually Brooklyn Steel but they've done other stuff at Brooklyn at uh, Babies Alright in Brooklyn for LCD Sound System and uh A lot of other, I think maybe, you know, uh, the CRB record release party uh, took place there. But, you know, a lot of cool stuff has gone down at, you know, just one of the many really cool, unique, independently-owned venues, just in Brooklyn alone. So times that by every city across the country, and like, you know, uh, Senator Schumer talked about, but these independent venues were really the first to close, and uh, they're going to be the last to open, as we've seen, you know, uh, especially uh, just talking about, you know, uh, some of our more favorite, you know, large-scale amphitheaters or whatnot, where, you know, significantly still ways away from them opening up but uh uh, you know in in it but uh you know in a world where the uh uh, you know school reopening controversy rages on across america of course here on the Jammin' world we care about the live music scene but uh you know of course just to get you know our priorities in order (laughs) you know the uh rock clubs of the country a little bit of a backseat you know, in terms of the opening. And because of that, they're really going to need, you know, extra help and extra relief. And like I said, just super important, not only just for their cultural relevance and impact, but as well just their economic, uh, you know, providing jobs, just all of the money and revenue. I think last year there was a study that said that, you know, for every $1 that is spent on concert tickets, $10 is generated from... For local businesses, i be at at bars, hotels, you know, even at the venue, merchandise and, you know, beer, uh, 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 vending vendors, sales in the arena. But for every, you know, uh, 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 roughly up to 10 times the revenue that comes in for every uh, dollar of the ticket comes in through all of the other stuff that make up our live music concert going experiences for all of us fans out there. So super, super important and great to see uh, first of all an introduced to Congress last month and now great to see a, a lot of support. Senator Schumer, not the only person uh, that's, you know, not the only politician that has stepped up in support. So definitely would, uh, we'll keep our eye on the Save Our Stages Act, uh, 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 you know, and just its real monumental importance on the music scene in a world where, you know, uh, amidst reports that up to 90 percent of the independent music venues, uh, you know, and independent arts venues across the country would close. I mean, that would really be just a, a real, just devastating, shattering thing to the, you know. And of course, if uh, with for clubs that would close, there'll be opportunities for other to reopen. But all in all, we need ten billion dollars, <laughs> and not a penny less, you assholes in the uh, in, in the House of Representatives or or however the hell it works. But I want ten billion dollars. Ten to billion point one, as a matter of fact, uh, will be roughly sufficient to <laughs> help support the independent venues across America. And with, uh, uh, without joking, definitely look in. I, I did the change.org Facebook repost, so I've done my part. <laughs> As a, uh, a politically conscious American, now it's your turn to do the same and help contribute any way we can to make sure that the Save Our Stages Act at least stays relevant in the minds of our awful, untrusted <laughs> political leadership. Hashtag uh, November, y'all. But <laughs> I guess that will be for uh, Jammin' World <laughs> episodes to come. But definitely And I guess a little bit more Just even on the local scene As uh, uh, here in New York City But Mayor de Blasio Under some fire For his I guess How should I phrase this On the music podcast But uh, uh, De Blasio gives the big thumbs up For outdoor music venues Within the limits of capacity To open however Big snubski For any other live performance art As comedy uh, 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 shows, outdoor comedy shows that are within the guidelines and responsible social distancing and all that if it's a comedy show telling jokes uh, 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 go screw playing music fuck yeah where that leaves Weird Al, I think we all know the que- I think we all know the answer to that, <laughs> As obviously Weird Al parties on <laughs> here, but uh, so he obviously, though, uh, however, has received some, you know, praise in the music world, some backlash in the stand-up comedy, <laughs> and you know, a theater, uh, a theater at the playground at some weird park in Brooklyn or whatever was, uh, uh, you know, non-music and comedy outdoor uh, arts were beginning. For for all the outdoor magic shows that were slated to take place. but uh, uh, So de Blasio only ruling the music valid. So definitely interesting there. Sounds like total bullshit. But what else would be new from de Blasio Uh, 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 striking out horribly in Jimmy Fallon fashion. (laughs) But I guess we will keep our eye on that story as it develops as well. But definitely we support the Save Our Stages Act. Here and uh, uh, like I said, well, uh, we hope that that gets us ever so closer to crawling out of Coronaville here in uh, Big LW's Jammin' World. So I guess, uh, and as well, look forward to next month to me reviewing some of the uh, uh, newest music to come out. ...of our summer in quarantine, Uh, however, for uh, today's episode, as we move on, uh, uh, I wanted to get in to, uh, and I felt the obligation as a Jamin World podcast host, but I uh, wanted to get in to some of the great, grateful dead news that has been uh, in the news all summer long... And uh, I guess, of course, I refer to, I have talked a little bit, I guess, on this, uh, on the Jammin' Road as well as uh, on the Geeked Up podcast. I have talked a little bit about the SB uh, uh, Dunk Low Top Grateful Dead editions, which have been setting the world on fire, literally have been setting the sneaker world on fire in a hilarious uh, uh, Umphreys McGee-style mashup of two great subcultures. Colliding, uh, uh, colliding at last. But the sneakerheads and the deadheads and the sneakerheads call themselves sneakerheads, thanks to the dead, uh, bringing the whole head fan thing going on. So the sneakerheads are already paying it forward a little bit. Of course. But uh, as well, actually, I was planning on doing uh, a Grateful Dead segment this month anyway, in correspondence with the 2020 uh, Tokyo Olympics. Huh? And I know, and I know what you're thinking. But uh, uh, the Summer Olympics, it uh, would be time to talk Grateful Dead. What? Well, later on, I'm going to give you one of the all-time great sports music stories and uh, examples of cosmic synergy in the legendary lore of the Grateful Dead. However, first, I'm going to talk about the SB Dunks (laughs) for a minute, which, uh, and I guess even before I get into the SB Dunks, but another great piece of Grateful Dead news and a super fun uh, tradition for all of us, uh, of course, in the Grateful Dead community, Uh, 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 and this year we got to really enjoy the festivities for the days in between. Which is, of course, not only a great Jerry song, however, uh, as well, we celebrate every year the days in between August 1st when Jerry was born and August 9th uh, when Jerry passed away. And of course, uh, we celebrate the days in between with the days in between, which uh, normally, in you know any given city, will uh, uh, will mean you know one maybe two. Uh, if it's the, if it's the best Jerry year ever, you're getting three concerts over the course of your you know days between week. But a lot of the legwork is left up to you as you go see the one Jerry tribute concert in every given city in a. America of course during that uh, during the week uh, uh, however this year we got to have a good time virtually and literally <laughs> but uh, literally having a good time virtually as Jerry Week took it to the web and the days in between was really just an amazing online event with uh, uh, you know 8 days or 9 days or whatever of great uh, webcast celebrating the very diverse Verse catalog uh, uh, uh you know there was like a tribute whole webcast where it was like 10 hours of great contemporary and you know classic artists doing uh Jerry covers as well there was great archival footage of, you know, uh, Jerry and the winner's great work and the various pro, uh, projects. There was, you know, I uh, 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 did an online uh, Jerry photo book uh, from that Jerry photo book that we talked about, I guess, last year on show. Uh, 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 the show. Uh, the Jay Blacksburg uh, uh, photography book of Jerry uh, was on display in Jerry Week, as well as there was a, a new Jerry book, actually, that's uh, that's on the Amazon order list as we speak but uh, uh uh telling tales of jerry's time with jgb uh, uh uh which is of course one of my favorite and i tell uh, uh, people just getting into jerry and not uh, uh, the Grateful Dead necessarily and Jerry his catalog uh, I find to be a lot more user friendly in a lot of ways than the Grateful Dead <laughs> right so uh, uh, just you know it was a great week of Jerry music Jerry pictures Jerry books Jerry 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 and I guess as well uh, uh, and uh, like mentioning the great diverse uh, uh, catalog of material albeit you know uh, projects and and uh, uh, genres, and all of that, Uh, 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 one of the other great Jerry things coming out this month. But of course, my Jerry playlist, that will be, uh, of course, as every month I release in uh, correspondence with the podcast, I release a playlist, and this month we will celebrate the Love of Jerry playlist, Volume 1. As I already have a volume two pretty much fully planned out, because the man is just that epic. But two hours of some of my favorite Jerry jams on my Love of Jerry playlist coming up this month. (laughs) So a couple weeks after the days between, yet more chance to celebrate Jerry. And I guess, in honor of Jerry, uh, like I said, we will talk a little bit about the Grateful Dead and having yet another huge summer of uh, of, of success and mainstream relevancy, as I guess even without tours, in a, in a summer, by the way, where the Grateful Dead, or where Dead & Co. rather, was kicking their uh, uh, stadium tour up a notch here in New York, going from City field to Metlife Stadium all right and yet another uh, huge monstrous year of touring uh, 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 on the books for Dead and Co of course called off here in Coronaville all right hashtag save our stages but uh, 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 even without the touring success, the band has still seen even this summer as well in quarantine a couple of archival releases that have been real successful and like I mentioned, some of the Jerry stuff that has come out uh, this summer. One of the hottest sneaker releases of the year uh, were the SB Low Top Dunks Grateful Dead Edition, (laughs) which uh, 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 just proves the uh, uh, continued impact on music and culture Uh, uh, Over 50 years after the boys got together at a pizza shop, or whatever, uh, uh, or at least the acid tests, before they started getting all dosed up at Ken Kesey's house, (laughs) they've been uh, uh, absolute uh, icons of music and uh, a true uh, force. On uh, pop culture, like I said, and that really uh, on example with the release of the SP Dunks. And right off the top of your head, if you're out there and you're thinking, like, that's a weird, you know, Nike sneaker collaboration, well, how does that make any sense outside of the uh, uh, huge popularity of the Grateful Dead? And if you're sitting there going, yeah, but Jerry died like uh, 25 years ago, and uh, they're a band from the 60s, they can't possibly... St- Still be no, they are as like I mentioned. Just their uh, just you know extreme depth of like the archival material uh, really now coming in handy. The fact that they went out of their way to like make sure to record every show for uh, for parking lot resale, but now you know officially releasing their uh, such concert by concert their entire catalog. <laughs> but you know uh, uh, so the music continues and their popularity. However, in a lot of ways, uh, at an all time high, at least, of course, in the post jerry world where uh uh uh, you know of the last like i mentioned 25 years but uh uh, really since jerry's passing the grateful dead at this point uh uh, really as popular uh, more popular now than they have been in the last 20 years and a couple different reasons for this uh uh, however i really kind of give a lot of the credit to john mayer uh whom I just spoke about with Dead & Co. And of course, I've talked about this before on the show, and let me just first of all clarify, of course, for all my deadheads out there, that of course, the Grateful Dead never went away uh, uh, at all in relevancy for us deadheads, okay? And whether it was Warren Haynes and the Dead, or Phil and the Q, or Bobby and Further, and all of the different, you know, dead projects uh, uh, that have been super popular in the Grateful dead community and in the jam band community okay the crossover uh, uh reach especially to the youth and to the high school kids is a lot stronger now with john mayer fronting dead and co than it was uh, uh, 20 years ago with warren fronting you know the grateful dead project or uh, or with bobby and you know fake jerry uh, uh and the cast of uh, uh, further which i love of course, you know, and I love John K. Uh, John K is amazing. And uh, uh, whether it's, you know, John K with Further, or, you know, Kim Ock with Fillin Friends, or, uh, uh, you know, DSO, the whole gang with DSO, of course, continuing the, uh, uh, you know, legacy. And uh, uh, even in recent years with J-Rad Joe Russo's Almost Dead, who, of course, uh, as all the Jammin' World uh, peeps know, you you know, of course, a huge fan of. But, so, you know, there's, of course, been the other real. Popular you know projects within the community, however, with John Mayer, they uh, 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 just have more of a uh, more of a uh, his finger on the pulse of the twenty year old girls on Instagram. Okay, and because of this and of course because the music uh, truly is so amazing and timeless that you know a 20 year old kid can listen to it now and get super into it and like the music uh, uh, you know the music stands on its own to help keep the fans and get the fans and garner the attention and you know and and of course uh, you know and and, and deserve all of the you know uh, excitement that's around the band however John Mayer really bringing that to the youth uh, and the youth then bringing it to pop culture and bringing it to Nike who does a skateboard sneaker collaboration. <laughs> right? Uh, because there wouldn't be a Nike skateboard collaboration if it was still Warren <laughs> fronting the band. Okay? And a lot of this uh, really just spawned from the uh, just you know crazy popularity of the Fair The Well concerts where Trey, of course, played with the uh, living members at Soldier Field, and that kind of, you know, re—because uh, even before that I've talked a lot about this show, I've seen further at, you know, a uh, 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 Beacon Theater for 2,000 people— okay, uh, uh, now they're playing City Field for 20000 and that's just the jump that you got over the last couple years, you know, the Grateful Dead and the, you know, uh, 2010s their, uh, you know, current uh, you know, projects even with Bobby and Billy and the Living Members were not playing at full stadiums the size of their Dead & Co tours, okay that's just, you know, uh, a sheer fact so, what changed? of course, getting somebody that's like hugely popular with young girls and then, uh, uh, like I said, the music then winning them over and now with the youth being into it uh, 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 to just further uh, <laughs> explain it but uh, now the youth being into it it then gets its way into, you know uh, uh, where vintage concert t-shirts are now super huge and tie-dye is now like the fashion craze of 2020 and there's all sorts of... You you know, a uh, Kardashian sister social media posts where everybody's wearing tie dye this season, and uh, uh, of course, so it's become the whole. You know, uh, uh, everything around the band has kind of re-emerged. As well as LSD is huge. As well, I guess another big part of this whole thing is the fact that there is bands like Fish, and I guess really Fish being the uh, uh, foremost, but as well as widespread panic and Mo still being out there. But at this point, of course, as we all know in the history of The Grateful Dead, but uh, upon their, like, 87 hit of Touch of Grey being the first top 10 single in the, at that point, you know, 20-plus career of The Grateful Dead, they were always kind of throughout the 70s more of, like, a sub-genre, a a counterculture band, and then they really received their first ever mainstream popularity going on their first stadium tours in the late 80s, where, like I said, they were at Radio City Music Hall in the early 80s at Giant Stadium and uh, Madison Square Garden in the late 80s, okay, based on their popularity with their MTV video for Touch of Grey, and at that time, the youth and the high school kids, and the same age bracket that John Mayer is bringing to the table now, okay, getting into the band, joining forces with the elder statesmen of the Deadhead community, okay, a lot of that kind of thing is going on with Fish being super popular and going through a pretty good resurgence of popularity here 20 years after their, you know, 20. 25 years after their first run uh, of success all right uh, and now in some ways uh, f- the uh, fish is kind of like the Grateful Dead of 89 being that you know uh, uh, like contemporary act still out there touring force still putting out new music and then uh, uh, the scene grew in popularity uh, so other bands emerged I- in the wake of the Grateful Dead in the late '80s, Fish and Panic and Mo and all of those bands, kind of formulating in the wake of that second era of popularity of the Grateful Dead. Now, today, with the second era popularity of Fish, as well with the Grateful Dead still being relevant, we've seen you know a lot of the uh, just a lot more super popular you know contemporary jam bands, be it you know uh, uh, you know Twiddle or Goose or Wolf. Peck or you know uh, the different genres pigeons with a big crossover uh, you know jam band or green sky bluegrass uh, you know there's all sorts of the big popular you know crossover jam scene related bands that are super popular and contemporary here in 2020 kind of uh, 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 the next generation where kind of you know the fish uh, uh, and the panics like I said and mo are still out there as the elder statesman whereas at this point the Grateful Dead and the almond brothers the brothers uh, uh, of course reunion at the garden uh, the last concert in New York City before the quarantine shutdown with your boy big LW in the building <laughs> but the brothers and uh, you know the Almond brothers and the Grateful Dead uh, uh, really being the OG grandfathers of the scene and their relevance and greatness will never go away uh, uh, and now Kind of just uh, still to this day, now 50 years later, and you know, 25 years after Jerry's passing, still continue to really uh, play such an important influ- uh, influence in the jam, uh, uh, just the actual physical musical side of the jam world, okay, but as well pop culture as well, which I guess would get us back, uh, getting us back in to Kylie Jenner wearing tie-dye, okay, but uh, uh, I guess bringing us to the SB Low Top Dunks collaboration, and I guess very interesting as well, real quick, to be a little bit, if you want to be cynical about the whole thing, perhaps the most cynical person uh, in the world who as well uh, I, I've seen at no less than 10 Phil in French shows but of course Chris Robinson who uh, uh, when John Mayer uh, uh, you know joined when they announced the whole John Mayer dead and co project Chris Robinson I saw on an interview with Howard Stern talk about how he was very sad as a real you know passion deadhead that the grateful dead has become his quote this giant nipple for everybody to suck money out of And really, in a lot of years, just if you look at, you know, from 2020 to 2015, from 2015 to 2010, the amount of, you know, archival releases, and it's great for me and for the deadhead, you know, the the fans out there, it's great that the music is getting out there and the, uh, uh, you know, uh, attention is at an all time high for the band. However, if you're a cynical asshole like CR, you might see all of the dollar signs uh, fed. Sattening up other people's pockets as a little bit of a downer, and I guess perhaps that on display in some regards with the collaboration with Nike, the very random uh, uh, collaboration with Nike, who, of course, uh, have their SB uh, Dunk series. And if you're not familiar, if you're you're not one of our sneakerheads, and i got to give a big shout-out right off the bat to my main man, Yoon, of course. We've talked about on various podcasts. Uh, but my main man, Yoon, who is my sneakerhead, my go-to sneakerhead. Okay. And the Big LW Gem and World. I guess the Big LW Podcasts sneakerhead consultant, of course. All right. So i got to give a big shout-out to Yoon for a lot of my info. And I've talked about on these shows past. But big shout-out to Yoon for helping me along the way through the various uh, on uh, 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 online lotteries and... And uh, keeping me up to date on all the info throughout the release of the SB Dunks, which were released right at the end of July. Okay, in between our last couple episodes uh, uh, here on the Jammin' World, anyway. But uh, I guess if you're not familiar with the SB Dunks in general, they are like a specific brand, a specific line of Nike shoes that I'd say are kind of most known for and most popular for putting. Out like special edition, kind of limited stock sneaker releases that oftentimes uh, 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 cross over with the pop culture world for no apparent reason necessarily. As past SB Dunk releases have been a, a, a Cheech and Chong a, a SB Dunk release. I guess even just this year uh, there was as well another very popular uh, one. That we talked about on Geeked Up podcast, but there was the Ben and Jerry's uh, a funky or a chunky donkey. Uh, uh, SB Dunk low-top sneaker release, okay, but uh, that's kind of like their main gimmick with the SB Dunks are kind of crossover pop culture popularity collaborating with a Nike release, okay, so from that standpoint, the Grateful Dead, I guess fully in If if, if Cheech and Chong and Ben and Jerry can get a shoe, uh, 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 the Grateful Ones are, are more than deserving as well and they, uh, Officially immortalized in Nike with the uh, release. Like I said, uh, at the end of July, July 24th, I should, uh, uh, I guess, say the official release for the uh, official SB Dunks, as I guess I will get into in a minute to further clarify. But they're uh, 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 pretty sick, I guess. Just to give you a rundown of the shoe, I guess give a Google search while you're listening here, but to, uh, uh, I guess, give you the, uh, to, to use my words and paint the picture, uh, uh, they come in three colors. Of course, low-top uh, skateboard-style kind of shoes come in three color schemes, in orange with a green swoosh, a yellow with kind of like a light blue, maybe for a, a, a sneaker heads, a Carolina blue uh, swoosh. And then a green with a more dark blue, kind of royal blue swoosh. Okay, I guess uh, 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 the real main gimmick uh, uh, of the shoe. There's some fun Grateful Dead, you know, uh, features and tie-ins, I guess. However, the real main Grateful Dead uh, theme uh, uh, in this collection. Really revolving around, of course, the famous uh, 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 Dancing Bears and the famous Jerry Bear and the uh, uh, Bear Owsley Bear, literally drawn by Bear Owsley, who I guess is for a different part. I'm not telling that story of how uh, the Grateful Dead's audio engineer invented LSD in the country. That's for a different episode, however. The iconic, you know, Grateful Dead bear logo really kind of taking uh, uh, like the main role in the theme of the shoe. There is, I guess, like an actual dancing bear on the tongue, okay, uh, on the front side of the tongue, uh, uh, okay, however, the color schemes as well uh, uh, have like a very bear in as they are a single color uh, shoes for the most part with the multicolored swoosh okay the alternate colored swoosh okay however the uh, uh, like actual shoe pattern where you would see like the alternate color schemes on the shoe uh, 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 the uh, the SP low talk dump grateful deads uh, uh, a single color however where the alternate color pattern would come in instead you have like an alternate fabric where it is a shaggy like uh, a bear fur uh, uh, influence, teddy bear fur influence, like textural pattern that goes on and the alternating blocks where the color scheme would be, okay, as well uh, so it's like, you know, normal orange suede and then orange shaggy bear uh, uh, fabric okay, making up the bulk of the shoe, which then like I said, the uh, uh, alternate colored swoop which as well does have Like a very jagged Kind of like a, a lightning bolt From the Steel Your Face logo Kind of edge uh, uh, To the swoosh Kind of giving it like a lightning a uh, Steal Your Face lightning bolt Kind of feel there uh, uh, As well And then the undershoe uh, uh, Matches the color of the swoosh Of course so you know it's a green Undershoe to the orange Which is the sickest color and I guess I'll get into the the uh, release prices in a minute here but the orange is definitely the sickest color with the green bottom or you know a a light blue bottom with the yellow uh, a a royal blue with the green and on and on I guess some other kind of fun Grateful Dead connections that you got there but as well there is uh, uh, I guess there's as well like actual steal uh, steal your face lightning bolts on the lace tip okay the plastic tip of your lace has a, uh, a lightning bolt with the red and blue uh, uh, sides as well. There is a stash pocket in the tongue. <laughs> I guess I should point out as well that your uh, a, a zipper, your your tongue has a secret zipper in which you can uh, uh, hide a couple grams and a few doses without a problem. I'd say. However, I got a feeling the, the security guards are going to be hip into <laughs> the uh, inner pocket in your Grateful Dead shoes. So always a risky run when putting all of your eggs into the shoe gimmick, because then you got no way to back out if they actually search you. So uh, use discretion there. However, the stash pocket more of a fun gimmick than anything else, I'd say. Uh, uh, so I guess that kind of really describes the shoe itself. Uh, uh, mixed reviews on, on you know, uh, a style on, on appeal to some different, uh, some different tastes. I'd say, as a uh, uh, thumbs down for my man Cena. However, thumbs up from my sneakerhead Yoon. <laughs> so take it for what it's worth. <laughs> however, uh, 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 that is, I guess, the actual shoe. Like I mentioned, however, the orange being the sickest release. And I guess, like I mentioned, the SB Dunks in general kind of uh, specializing and really kind of being more known for you know limited release, limited stock kind of uh, uh, situation. Okay. Uh, The orange SB Dunks, literally available at one Bay Area skate shop. (laughs) And that's that. Uh, And and then the uh, uh, green and yellow SB Dunks are exclusively available at like a handful of of skate shops around the Bay Area, Los Angeles. I think there was one in New York. However, this was all... Well, New York, uh, and I guess California, too, for the most part, is still on quarantine, so I'm not waiting outside on a line at a skate shop, you know, to probably not get a pair of Grateful Dead shoes in the middle of a pandemic. So instead, I opted for the online lottery, which did release... And this is through, like, officially uh, coordinating through the uh, Grateful Dead, uh, so, uh, you know, uh, dead.net, sponsoring... A, uh, a online lottery, as well as one of the sneaker websites. I struck out on both online lotteries, as well as I overslept one. I'm gonna be honest, <laughs> right? I had to lie to Yoon and tell him that I woke up in time, even though I really didn't. <laughs> so uh, you snooze, you lose on these goddamn fucking 10 a.m. Uh, uh, 10 a.m. Uh, 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 online release dates. Uh, you know, online lottery sales. Okay, so uh, uh, I strike out on the SB dunks. However, uh, you have your chance to buy them in resale. However, don't cheapskate because uh, right now, if you Google SB dunks, you will see all sorts of price uh, a price range uh, from uh, upwards of like four grand, uh, but at the very least, you know, twelve hundred bucks to uh, uh, one website, which very conveniently offers $75 SB low talk dunks in orange yellow green and blue and pink Uh, just just so you know that the website's full of shit and they're selling fakes, but I guess fake sneakers has become as, like, you know, real sneakers have become a very boutique, exotic thing. The fake sneaker market has really, uh, uh, went wild. So all sorts of fake SB Dunks out there, online sales, however, the whole gimmick with the SB Dunks, just like if you want to get a pair of Cheech and Chong's or a Chunky Dunkey's, alright, they only released, there was literally, I think, less than a thousand total pairs released, okay, and one of them available in just one San Francisco skate shop okay and the orange definitely going to be the most valuable and going for a selling for the most on resale but and I guess there are probably you know uh, uh, probably some obvious glaring Well, once once you see the shoes in your hands you'll probably be able to tell the fakes from the reels but there are uh, of course you got to be careful but this is not the kind of sneaker where if you if you think you're scoring a deal and getting a hundred a hundred and ten dollar pair of which is the which is the face price? By the way, face value one hundred and ten bucks. But if you think you're buying an internet resale of an, uh, a pair of orange SB low top Grateful Dead editions for one hundred and ten bucks, or if you think you're buying a pair of uh, pink or blue SB dunks, they are total fake. Uh, fake, totally fake. However. Uh, Much like a bootleg recording uh, uh, from a home audio device you snuck into the Fillmore in 1968, (laughs) there might be an extra level of acceptance (laughs) for at least buying and uh, for at least uh, wearing a bootlegged fake pair of SB Dunks, at least compared to the alternative, (laughs) spending $1,100, uh, to floss like Kanye. However, I guess those being the uh, uh, the story of the SB Dunks uh, uh, and the hottest sneaker on the market in 2020. And uh, I guess all of this, however, reminds me of another very popular piece of Grateful Dead iconic uh, pop culture clothing with, I guess, a little bit of a Nike being a sports crossover kind of situation. Very much of a sports crossover to the super cool story I'm about to tell. Uh, And like I referenced earlier as well, in the planning since the beginning of the year, okay, when I uh, started this season two of the Jammin' World podcast and I kind of thought at the year ahead, in addition to, of course, my full review of the Rage Against the Machine concert that <laughs> I was all fired up. And it's pretty hilarious now that we're a couple months into Cronaville and I haven't taken them down, but just think about how uh, really, really sad, just just, just so crazy sad and just so sad it's hilarious. But listen to my episode three uh, uh, of the season two of the Jammin' World when a very uh, oblivious to what goes on in the world, Big LW, with no idea that the coronavirus is about to hit America next week, but the week before, I do my podcast of all of the amazing concerts that were set to play, play uh, set to take place in March. In New York City, uh, uh, as well as I've talked about uh, so far this year, you know, uh, leading up to the coronavirus. But pretty much every episode was about all of the great tours and things to come this year uh, uh, in the music world. And here on the podcast, one of the things I was really looking forward to would be getting into this next story I'm about to tell uh, uh, in honor of the 2020 Summer Olympics in Tokyo which uh, were of course uh, called off in coronaville like i mentioned but uh uh, i guess and i'll i'll I'll, I'll replay the best of next year when it takes place uh uh, in 2021 however the sb dunks and the days between and the tokyo olympics all got me thinking of my favorite tale on the golden road to unlimited devotion. Or a cool Grateful Dead story. Either way you want to say it. But it is the legend of the Lithuanian Skullman. And I guess uh, all these years later, 28 years later, what is still uh, a legendary of course, and what the Skullman uh, is, if you're not familiar, is, of course, an iconic Grateful Dead t-shirt, a green, red, and yellow tie-dye with a cartoon skeleton dunking a basketball. (laughs) But why it's legendary is the story that I'll tell now. And I guess we'll kick it off for all intensive purposes in 1988 in Seoul, South Korea, with the Soviet Union defeating the United States men's basketball Olympic team in a shocking upset handing the U.S. its second all-time loss and first in 15 years. (laughs) <laughs> right uh, 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 between uh, uh, eighty eight in Seoul and ninety two in Barcelona, okay, the next summer Olympics, four years later, a lot would change in the world. Okay, I guess somewhat randomly, you might think anyway, but from 88 to 92, hot off the heels of like I mentioned earlier, but The Grateful Dead's first top 10 single in 87 with Touch of Grey. The Grateful Dead, uh, uh, 20 years after forming, uh, uh, went through their real height of commercial success. Okay, Uh, I I guess that's a little bit of a side note that I'll get back to later. I guess uh, potentially more relevant in some ways would be uh, Michael Jordan, Air Jordan, emerging as the biggest global sports culture icon since Ali. And I guess uh, even perhaps even more relevant uh, in the real world, but Lithuania fought for its independence from Russia after 50-plus years of oppression and rule by the Red. Okay, in fact, uh, actually, four out of the five starters on the Soviet Union team that beat... The United States in 1988 were from the same city, actually, in Lithuania. However, forced to play uh, for the Soviet Union, one of the the uh, best player on the team as well, Arvidas Sabonis. Was a seven foot four athletic freak who was drafted to the NBA in nineteen eighty six, however, not allowed a contract controlled by the Soviet Union, not allowed to leave and compete. At the highest level uh, in the world for basketball in the NBA. Uh, costing him million dollars in what potentially could have been a legendary career. As Arbita Sabonis, a uh, uh, young Arbita Sabonis, was literally thought of as one of the great basketball prospects of all time. Literally, due to his size and skill. And uh, uh, was not able to compete in America due to Soviet rules. Uh, in 1989... Uh, another member of the Soviet, of the '88 Soviet team, uh, Lithuanian Sharunas Malinuskas, okay, challenged Soviet policy and independently signed with the Golden State Warriors, breaking uh, uh, Soviet contract rules. This, uh, you know, move towards you know contractual independence and you know a uh, freedom of employment by Sharunas Malinuskas uh, uh, kind of went hand in hand with a major scale you know political and social rebellion of Lithuania from its occupiers eventually leading to a big you know political standoff uh, in the center of Lithuania ultimately resulting in Lithuania getting its independence from Russia a uh, uh, sense for like i said uh, for the first time in over 50 years dating back to World War II, including uh, including great atrocities under Stalin, and you know deportment of their people to Siberia, and uh, just you know a really really harsh oppressive rule uh, uh, by the communist world on the uh, now free independent nation of Lithuania. ...in 1991. <laughs> right? So, uh, uh, I guess now it's 1991, and Lithuania is free, and a great basketball nation... Okay, with uh, uh, one of the best players, Arvina Sabonis, still playing in Europe. Uh, uh, okay, especially as Lithuania, you know, on somewhat shaky grounds as a nation, uh, uh, decides to, you know, stay closer to home and not come to the NBA. Whereas, uh, uh, like I mentioned, Shermanus Melinouskis in 1991 is playing and having a, a very, you know, successful run in the NBA. Uh, okay, all of this, of course, leading up to the 1992 Olympic Games, okay, where I guess another thing that changed, based on the 1988 defeat Of the uh, uh, USA by the USSR, which uh, at that time America was playing with amateur, you know, college basketball players, and the USSR were playing with, you know, professional, European professionals. Okay, so it was kind of like a men's versus boys situation. So uh, for the first time, uh, the 1992 Olympic Games would feature professional men's basketball players, okay? Uh, Remember that Michael Jordan guy that I mentioned? Yeah, uh, Air Jordan would be there, Bird would be there, Magic would be there. They would be called the Dream Team and it was one of the biggest uh, phenomenons in sports history. Uh, uh, Really, like, you know, uh, the history of sports undisputedly regards the Dream Team as really, like, the absolute moment of importance uh, uh, of spreading the NBA and really just basketball in general as the global game. And now, you know, uh, basketball is just played, uh, uh, you know, all over the world. It's really next to international Football, as uh, uh, you ignorant Americans might call soccer, I of course call it football. But uh, next to football, uh, basketball, the number two most popular sport worldwide, uh, uh, with you know uh, professional leagues and you know professional players in the NBA representing all sorts of you know uh, just a crazy number of countries. And uh, a lot of the spread of the popularity can really be uh, single-handedly traced to the craze that was the dream team going to Barcelona. (laughs) Okay. Uh, 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 The one problem, I guess, if you you see where I'm going here, uh, the one problem, however, for Lithuania... Uh, 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 at this point, you know, just literally, you know, with less than a year after gaining their independence, they're a totally, you know, poor, uh, 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 still-forming country in development. Okay, and they don't have any extra cash laying around to fund uh, a trip for a, a basketball team to go to Barcelona and compete in the Olympics. Okay, uh, so uh, despite having the best players in all of Europe, uh, uh, and now you know, uh, uh, just recently gaining their independence, uh, uh, theoretically giving them the ability to represent Lithuania in the country their shit out of luck because they can't afford it now if you're wondering why i'm talking about you know olympic basketball history here i guess remember that whole rebirth in popularity from the grateful dead that i spoke of well by 1991 uh the dead are peaking literally And are the undisputed kings of the counterculture with major stadium tours come spring, summer, and fall. (laughs) And uh, also, the boys happen to be basketball fans. And they also happen to be the most charitable band of all time. And if you see where I'm going with this, uh, uh, basically... In 1991, Shrunas who who is playing for the Golden State Warriors, of course, in the Bay Area, where the Grateful Dead are famously from, Uh, 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 but Sharunas and Donnie Nelson, who's the son of uh, NBA legend Don Nelson, and the man who scouted and befriended Sharunas Malanuskis while Donnie was, you know, working, uh, uh, just getting his bones in the NBA ranks as the son of a Hall of Famer. He's, you know, doing international. Scouting and uh, 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 befriend Sharunas Malinouskis and was pivotal in uh, uh, you know uh, uh, gaining, giving you know some legal support as Sharunas faced the you know Red Army trying to gain his independence of employment and play basketball. Unlike Arvidas Sabonis, okay, uh, 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 so Sharunas uh, uh, and Donnie Nelson kind of start off like a, a small campaign in the Bay Area in America. America trying to raise some money and some awareness for the uh, Lithuanian Olympic basketball, you know, team and struggles that they're going for. Right. Obviously, uh, uh, Jerry, Bobby and Phil, Mickey and Bill and the uh, uh, whole team of the Grateful Dead obviously have their ear to the streets and immediately hop into action inspired by what the lithuanian people had been through in their fight for their independence and freedom okay and literally like something out of a cheesy 80s movie the grateful dead foot the bill for the lithuanian men's basketball team to compete in the olympics and to compete under the lithuanian flag and uh, uh, the Grateful Dead signed a huge check and as well sent along what can be thought of as a little bit of the Grateful Dead flag. A set of tie-dye t-shirts with a skeleton dunking a basketball. His name was the Skullman, and he would accompany the team along on their journey. I guess, Uh, before their journey to Barcelona started, I guess. But Donnie Nelson and Sharunas Malanuskas attended a Grateful Dead show. Uh, Upon my research, it must have been March 24th, 1992, uh, at the Palace in Auburn Hills, the night before a Warriors-Pistons game. And ironically enough, the show opened up with Touch of Grey... (laughs) <laughs> the song that uh, very well made all of this possible. Ending with the politically charged throwing stones into a not fade away. A wait encore, which you know, which looked like a pretty sick show. <laughs> and of course, the next night, like I mentioned, coming off the bench, Sharunus Malinus gets scored 16 points in a Warriors win. His biggest memory being that all of the smoke in the arena the night before had cleared out by game time. And with this meeting, it was official, the tie-dye-clad, independent nation of Lithuania was on its way to the 1992 Olympic Games. In Barcelona, where, of course, the biggest story would be the Dream Team, and Air Jordan and Magic Johnson and Larry Bird, however... The sentimental favorites around the world would be the team in tie-dye, the other dream team, as they've become to be known. And I guess I should point out that that is the uh, official title of the definitive documentary on this whole... Grateful Dead legend, uh, right? The Other Dream Team uh, really tells more the tale, like of the Lithuanian struggle in basketball than uh, uh, the Grateful Dead. You got to consult uh, *Long Strain Trip: The Grateful Dead* biography for more information on that. Uh, uh, but the Other Dream Team, uh, uh, the story of the 1992 Lithuanian men's basketball team, is a great documentary and kind of the uh, uh, really the best. Place. I don't know if you can find it anywhere, but uh, uh, that is like the definitive documentary on this whole thing. Side note. <laughs> all right. So the uh, the other dream team was on their way to Barcelona, where they would play great and exceed uh, expectations, <laughs> ultimately making it all the way to the semifinals, where the other dream team would meet the dream team, dream team. And lose by 50, while literally uh, waiting to uh, ask Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, and Michael Jordan for pictures afterwards. (laughs) Uh, The other dream team uh, loses in the semis, uh, however, really setting up the ultimate climax. as In the other semifinal, another great basketball nation, but Croatia beat what was now dubbed as Unified Russia, setting up a third-place matchup for the bronze medal between the freshly free and newly independent Lithuania versus their former occupiers for over 50 years in a matchup which is truly an example of when sports is bigger than a game. Where It's been at this point like a yeah like a you know a year and a half since gaining their independence. It's been four years since four Lithuanians were forced to compete for the Soviet Union and winning them gold. Uh, one of them not being allowed to leave to compete in America, the other one having to go through a you know a, a political fiasco in order to get to America to play ball uh, uh, due to lack of freedoms imposed by the Soviets. And at the end of the day, Arvidas Sabonis and Shrinas Malinuskas and the rest of the other dream team defeated Unified Russia 82-78 to take home the bronze and establish Lithuania to the world as free, independent, and amazing at basketball. (sighs) And when the newly uh, free nation stepped to the podium to receive their medals, the other dream team stood across from the dream team, dream team. <laughs> Jordan, magic and bird, uh, uh, Michael Jordan, actually. Uh, 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 there's, an iconic, uh, there's an iconic image from that Olympics of Michael Jordan receiving his gold medal. Draped in the American flag. How oh, very patriotic. Uh, Michael Jordan, uh, uh, just recently during the last dance documentary, discussed how uh, Michael Jordan was uh, uh, draped in that American flag so it would cover the Reebok logo. That was the team sponsor. As, of course, Air Jordan was all Nike. But uh, 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 as Air Jordan wore a flag to cover up a logo, the legendary Lithuanians wore something different on their chests. They stepped to the podium in front of the world to raise the flag of Lithuania for the first time in over 50 years wearing tie-dye, the true color of freedom. Red, green, and yellow tie-dye, shorts, and a t-shirt with a skeleton dunking a basketball. His name was Skullman, and to the artist, it wasn't just a cartoon skeleton slam dunking. To Greg Spears, it was a phoenix of hope. The rebirth of a new nation trying to overcome oppression, rising from the ashes, slam dunking On communism itself. Unquote. (laughs) In the, uh, the next couple years immediately after the dream team and the other dream team. Life would change just like it had the four years previous. As Michael Jordan would shock the world with an early retirement. And Jerry Garcia would shock the world with an early departure but it's cool because Michael Jordan would come back and win three more championships with the Chicago Bulls. And we'd all learn that Jerry would never really go away. But the proud tradition of basketball in Lithuania would continue as well as eventually Arvita Sabonis would join Shrunas Malinuskas in the NBA being the first two of 12 Lithuanians to play in the NBA. Today, there are three. One of them is really good, an all-star caliber, small forward for the Indiana Pacers, DeMontis Sabonis, Arvidas' son. He was born in Portland, Oregon in 1996, an American citizen whose life only knows of a free Lithuania. But much like America, where the number one sport is not football, in Lithuania, the number one sport is basketball. A proud cultural tradition predating the other dream team that by now has seen top five picks and NBA champions two more bronze medals. While the dead took it a little further Phil found some friends, Bobby got some company, there's been cover bands, archival releases, webcasts, sneaker collaborations, and in the words of Bobby, the music never stopped. And the Skullman, he's doing cool too, being the only cartoon immortalized in the James Namesmith Basketball Hall of Fame. And with that, I would definitely like to make sure to remind everybody to check out the Love of Jerry playlist, which is, of course, in correspondence with this episode. As always, I give you a playlist here on the Jammin' World, and this month, in honor of the SB... Low Top Dunk, Grateful Dead's, and The Days Between, and The Lithuanian Legend of the Skullman, I give you two hours of some of my favorite jams from Jerry, and I guess as well check out everything else that's going on right here on Big LW Podcasts all the shows as well as all the medias hit me up on facebook i'm on twitter i got a page on youtube so check it out ring my bell give me a like follow subscription and i guess with that thank you guys so much for listening We'll catch you next time on Big LW's Jamin World Podcast.